Welcome to episode 90 of Morning Kickoff, a weekly Vikings football podcast where we cover all news football. I am your host, Matt Witt, and today we are live on youtube.com slash Matt Witt, as well as twitch.tv slash The Matt Witt. You can check us out every Monday and Thursday morning or listen to all the pre-recorded podcasts wherever you get your podcast. It's been some time since we've created a podcast episode as um, I've been out doing other things, but there has been a lot of things that has happened with the Minnesota Vikings organization that we will be covering in this episode. I hope you all do enjoy. Do you enjoy listening to this podcast? If you don't, that's totally fine. But if you do and would like to help out, there will be a link in the description that will bring you to my merch store. At this store, we sell t-shirts, sweatshirts, and mugs, and all of the profit earned will go towards the production of this podcast. Thank you all, and enjoy the show. All right, so we have a lot to cover since the last time I've created a podcast episode for the Minnesota Vikings as... There's a lot of additions to this Vikings team. Now, there's departures as well. Obviously, Vikings don't have Anthony Harris coming back. They since then have cut Shamar Steffen. But there's been a lot of additions for this Vikings team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. In fact, only on the defensive side of the ball have they have they added players. Now, they've brought back some offensive players. But um, we're going to take a look at all the players that the Vikings have signed so far, this first wave of free agency, as now we are a week into free agency. Vikings have added some pieces on defense, and they've brought back some players on offense. So let's start out with the first signing, which is Dalvin Tomlinson. This was the guy that the Vikings, as soon as free agency kicked off, they decided to target Dalvin Tomlinson, which, coming off of a season where the Vikings were dead last in pass rush and, um, <clears throat> and allowed six touchdowns to Alvin Kamara and were terrible against the run as well. I totally understand why the Vikings decided to go for Delvin Tomlinson, but I felt like it was a bit premature considering the Vikings really have this big need on offensive line right now, and that is the biggest need. What held the Vikings defense back, and the reason why the Vikings defense was the biggest failure, as much of a failure as it was last year, was simply due to injuries. Now, of course, Daniel Hunter's injury that was He's not only the Vikings' best pass rusher, and we're going to talk a lot more about on Daniel Hunter uh, this week. Um, he's not only our best pass rusher, but one of the best in the NFL. And then we lose Anthony Barr, our second best pass rusher. So right now, we have no pass rushers. Our best pass rusher last year was Afadio Denebo. <laughs> Somehow it was Afadio Denebo. And then Eric Hendricks' injury. You had Mike Hughes getting injured like he does every other season and then bringing in Dalvin Tomlinson now he is Shamar Steffen's replacement as the Vikings did cut Shamar Steffen I understand the signing now he played 16 games uh started 16 games in the 2020 season not only did he start 16 games in the 2020 season but he has started every game that he's been in the NFL thus far four seasons where he started all 16 games on top of that he's stacked up uh 49 total tackles three and a half sacks four pass deflections Four pass deflections is a lot for a defensive tackle. And then a 75.1 PFF grade. The Vikings signed him on a two-year deal, $21 million, with $16 million of guaranteed money in the 2021 season. And I'd give this about a C. Now, I'm going to be grading all of the all of the signings that the Vikings really had. And the reason why I give this a C is $16 million for Delvin, for, uh, Delvin Tomlinson is a bit over... In, See, I understand why the Vikings would give him this kind of money because, yes, the Vikings were so bad against the run and the worst against the pass last year or rushing the passer. But when it all comes down to it, this money should have been used on an offensive guard. And this was a good offensive guard class. They could have got Gabe Jackson. They could have got Joe Thune. No, they went for Dalvin Tomlinson, which I understand the signing. It's just I would have liked to see something more happen on March 26th when free agency kicked off instead of this happening. And this was the Vikings' first target. I thought Vikings' first target was actually going to be Joe Thune because this is basically what everyone was saying. And obviously, Vikings' guard is the biggest need, and it still is, and it's 
even more of a need now than it was before. And this brings me uh, to my next thing where the Vikings re-signed Rashad Hill. This was a needed move, and I've said it multiple times in this podcast. Vikings, we need that depth at the offensive line. We need to bring back Brett Jones, and we need to bring back Rashad Hill. Why the Vikings haven't re-signed um, Brett Jones yet is a bit of a question because last year, Brett Jones was actually our best offensive guard when you look at it compared to how many snaps he played compared to his actual uh, what he really performed as Brett Jones was our best offensive guard last year. And that's not saying a whole lot, considering even Brett Jones did not do a very impressive job at, at the guard position, but he's still a very good backup. 120 snaps Rashad Hill played in the 2020 season where he didn't allow a single snack uh, sack, no penalties and had a 72.4 PFF grade. This is a one year deal of 2.38 million dollars of guaranteed money. And I have to give this an A simply because after you cut Riley Reef, we have no idea what our offensive tackles are going to look like. We don't know if Ezra Cleveland is actually ready to be a left tackle. Now, yes, we saw him at right guard, and he didn't look bad at right guard. But as a, For a rookie, he didn't look bad at right guard. But when it all comes down to it, there's a big difference. And yes, he was drafted as a left tackle to play left tackle, so he will this upcoming season. But really, we don't know how he's going to look. Rashad Hill is that piece where if Ezra Cleveland doesn't look good, it's nice to have Rashad Hill coming out there who you know can at least hold his own. I mean, when we've seen injuries happen with Riley Reef, when we've seen injuries happen with Brian O'Neill, Rashad Hill has stepped into that role and performed. I mean, he holds his own. Now, Rashad Hill is not impressive. He's by no means a starter or anything, but he's a great backup to have on your team and you can rotate him in. And I'm a huge fan of Rashad Hill and I've been ever since the Vikings even have signed him as a un uh, undrafted free agent. Same with Brett Jones. Both of these two players I've been huge fans of, and I don't think the Vikings should at all let go over uh, Brett Jones, especially when you look at our guard position right now, where if you look at our depth chart, our guards, our starting two guards is Drew Samia and and Kyle Hinton. Those are our offensive guards right now. Now, obviously, those two are not going to start this upcoming season as the Vikings will look to guards in the draft. And if they can still find someone in free agency, I mean, I, you can definitely find some people better than uh, how they've been so far. And then next up, we have uh, Chad Beebe, another signing for the Minnesota Vikings. Now, Chad Beebe was a restricted free agent where obviously the Vikings could decide if they wanted to keep him or not. Another player that I don't know why the Vikings didn't re-sign is Mike Boone, but we're going to get into that later. Chad Beebe, 27 years old. He had a tremendous season last year where he had 20 receptions, 30 on 30 targets, where he had 201 yards and two touchdowns. Now, uh, he's on a one-year deal where it's going to be veteran minimum, meaning uh, they don't know exactly how much the contract is going to be, but obviously the Vikings have that fifth year option where Chad Beebe, which they decided to bring him back. Now, now obviously the Vikings had to bring back Chad Beebe after a season like he's had. And then when you look at BC Johnson, who didn't have a very good season, Taja Sharp had an awful season. You just had two starting wide receivers and those two, those two starting wide receivers are great. Yes, I understand that. But now you're losing Kyle Rudolph. Tajay Sharp was a bust, or I guess since he he wasn't a draft bust, but he was a bust, a free agent bust. And then you had BC Johnson who who underperformed uh, what he was supposed to last year. And then now you have Chad Beebe who can start inside the slot. He can make plays for you. And I really am a big fan of Chad Beebe. So I'm excited that the Vikings did decide to bring back Chad Beebe. Now, obviously, the Vikings still need a lot of wide receivers in both the draft and free agency. Now, I don't know if a free agent wide receiver would make a whole lot of sense right now, or except Cordero Patterson. I mean, Cordero Patterson would be a good signing for the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, he would be our special teams attorney, and he can play from, he can line up in the backfield. He can play from the slot. I would still like to see the Vikings sign him, and he wants to come back with the Vikings. Outside of that, I don't see very many uh, free agent or wide receiver signings for the Minnesota Vikings, as they should look to the draft instead, because Vikings have a lot of uh, late-round drafts, as they do every year. Vikings have a lot of late-round drafts, which is a very good spot to draft wide receivers, because there's a lot of wide receivers that fall. Next up, we have another uh, linebacker, Nick Vigil. Now, 
another year where the Vikings are taking linebackers in free agency. What does this mean for the Vikings? Now, he didn't. He had 39 total tackles last year, one forced fumble, and a 60.6 PFF grade. Vikings sign him on a one-year guaranteed $1.73 million. Give this one a C, obviously, just because it's a linebacker signing. What does this mean for the Vikings, though? I don't think the Vikings have any intention on actually bringing back Eric Wilson. Now, we've talked about it on the podcast already, and I don't expect uh, Eric Wilson to actually return with the team unless if he's in the free agent market for, I'd say, another week or so. So I wouldn't expect that Eric Wilson does return with the team. This is another signing, another linebacker signing from the Bengals again. Now, I understand Nick Vigel played with the Chargers last year, but like last year, the Vikings signed Todd Davis, Bengals, uh, Hardy Nickerson from the Bengals. They're just taking these Bengals linebackers, rotating them in and None of them seem to work at all. But anyways, obviously, we have Anthony Barr, we have Eric Kendricks, and we have uh, Troy Dye as well. We have three good linebackers right there. So even if we do not... Uh, re-sign uh, Eric Wilson, the Vikings will be totally fine at the linebacker position, and that's not going to hold us back. And less of injuries. Injuries will ruin another season because obviously Anthony Barr and Eric Hendricks being injured last year and Troy Dye being injured last year was all big hits at the linebacker position. And then finally, we have the biggest signing, which is obviously the Vikings signing Patrick Peterson to a one-year million, uh, $10 million guaranteed deal. Patrick Peterson didn't have a great season last year. He played all 16 games where he had 61 total tackles, three interceptions, eight pass deflections, 55.2 uh, PFF grade. I give this a B. And the reason why I give it a B, now this is higher than I... When the Vikings signed Patrick Peterson, I was not a fan of the signing at all. It hit me by surprise, so that was probably another reason why I wasn't a fan of the signing. The more I think about it, the more Patrick Peterson wants to play with this team, the more Patrick Peterson is excited about a fresh start. And the, he fits into this Vikings defense now. So I am actually going to give this one a B. Now, obviously, $10 million for Patrick Peterson. Now, he he is the big name. He's this big veteran guy. Patrick Peterson being the best cornerback out of the last decade. Obviously, this is a big signing for the Minnesota Vikings. And huge for our Vikings team as well. Because right now, all of our corners are on the rookie contract. You have Mike Hughes. You have Cameron Dantzler. Chris Boyd. You have uh, Jeff Gladney. You have... I'm missing someone else. Uh, Harrison Hand. All of these guys are on the rookie contracts. Now you have a veteran like Patrick uh, Peterson come in and really just kind of, uh, he's going to help develop the secondary. As Har uh, Harrison Smith has done this last season, he's going to help develop the secondary. And the reason why I'm not a big fan of this signing is simply because we still need a guard. That money can have, could have been used for guard. The money the Vikings used for defensive players could have been used for an offensive guard because it is just that important and it would hold more value to our team than these signings. But once again, I can't hate the Patrick Peterson signing because he's very excited to play with the Vikings. I mean, he's changed his bio, his picture, everything. He's super excited to play with this Vikings team. And um, I feel like the reason why he hasn't played so well this last couple seasons is the same reason why cornerbacks fall apart all the time. It's, just, it's exactly what happened with Xavier Rhodes. Corners go from being very good corners and playing man coverage on a lot of these wide receivers to suddenly just falling apart. Patrick Peterson is going to play as a zone corner. He's going to play as a Richard Sherman. He's going to play as a zone corner simply because when you're aging, you can't keep up with these wide receivers, especially in a division where you are going against Devontae Adams and Allen Robinson. But bringing in Patrick Peterson will be very good for our second uh, secondary. Bringing in Dalvin Tomlinson will be very good for our defensive line. Vikings are going to have a pretty good defensive front going in this, uh, into this 2021 season with Daniel Hunter, with um, uh, Michael Pierce, with Dalvin Tomlinson. And then uh, maybe DJ, I hope DJ Wanham can start as a right defensive end. Now, right now, it's looking like uh, either Afadi, Stephen Weatherly will start as our right defensive end. Hopefully, it's DJ Wanham because that would mean that he progressed a lot. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen because he's only a second-year player. So far, the Minnesota Vikings 
have not signed a single offensive line. Since free agency, our Vikings offensive line has only gotten worse. Losing Dakota Dozier actually improves our offensive line. Outside of that, cutting Riley Reef, maybe losing Brett Jones. We now have to use Ezra Cleveland at left tackle, and that's a big red flag. Now, I hate to say it, but it is a red flag because we have not seen anything from Ezra Cleveland yet that made him look like a left tackle at all. Now, yes, he was he was drafted to be a left tackle, but if he doesn't work out, I mean, you can play him as a guard. You can play Rashad Hill at left tackle. So that's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is who's going to be our left and right guard. We have the tackles down. Garrett Bradbury is going to continue to play at center. Now, obviously, Bradbury has not done a good job protecting for Kirk Cousins, but has done an excellent job uh, blocking for Dalvin Cook. Actually, Garrett Bradbury is Dalvin Cook's second best blocker and has been since we've drafted him. Obviously, the best blocker is C.J. Ham, but Garrett Bradbury has been the second best blocker for Dalvin Cook, but hasn't protected well for Kirk Cousins. But the question is, who's going to be our offensive guards? I would have loved to see the Vikings sign Joe Thune. Instead, they moved the money to sign defensive players. I would have liked to see the Vikings sign uh, maybe uh, Gabe Jackson, and you could also sign uh, some wide receivers. I would have loved to see that happen as well. Obviously, that didn't happen. Vikings moved all their money to defense. Now, yes, defense is what held the Vikings back the most in the 2020 season, but that was due to injuries. That was not due to lack of talent. Yes, there was lack of talent on the secondary, on the cornerback position, but that really had to do with lack of um, experience. So really, the Vikings didn't need to invest this much money into defense is what I'm saying. They could have invested this into the offensive line, add more depth at the wide receiver position. Because when you have a player like Adam Thielen, say Adam Thielen gets injured again. We don't have anybody stepping into his spot. BZ Johnson, you can try to use him again. We don't know how our tight ends are going to look. Now, I'm excited to see what our tight ends can do because when Kyle Rudolph got injured, they did perform pretty well. But once again, we don't have Kyle Rudolph, who was our best receiver in the red zone. Not this last year because they didn't use utilize him very much. Years before that, he was our best receiver in the red zone. So let's take a look at our current offensive line for the Vikings. Our current offensive line for the Vikings. Now, this is how I think the offensive line will look for this 2021 season if it started right now. We would have Ezra Cleveland at left tackle, Rashad Hill at left guard, Garrett Bradbury at center, Drew Samia at right guard, Brian O'Neill at right tackle. Now, Rashad Hill, I wouldn't want to actually start at guard. I would like to see him as a, a backup tackle. But if the season started today, the Vikings would have no choice but to use Rashad Hill as a guard. Now, this is, his, I guess, Rash I guess Rashad Hill's um, initial position is actually a guard. But I would like to see him as a backup tackle because that's what he's done very well at in the NFL. So if the Vikings started right now, obviously, you don't want Drew Samia starting at right guard. We all know how that went. We don't want Rashad Hill starting at left guard. We need guards. And I'm not, I'm not very high on Rick Spielman drafting a guard. Now, yes, the Vikings can use that 14th overall pick and draft a pretty good guard. Vikings can maybe draft a guard in the third round. But it's not going to happen. If the Vikings do draft a guard, we know it's not going to work. When has it worked? When has the Vikings ever drafted a guard in recent memory? When has Rick Spielman ever drafted a guard and it's actually worked? I'm not very comfortable with that happening at all. And that's why I wanted to see the Vikings look to guard in free agency as their number one priority. Look to guard in free agency. Just get an already developed offensive guard. Give him whatever money he wanted. And this would really help out our Vikings offensive line. Because interior protection for Kirk Cousins is very important. And it's where the Vikings suffered last year. Yes, it wasn't the biggest thing. Defense obviously held the Vikings back the most. Due to injuries and lack of experience on the secondary. But when you look at overall 
the Vikings offense should have been a lot better than it was. It should have been a lot better. And it has to do with interior protection for Kirk Cousins. Because Brian O'Neill had a good season. Riley Reef had a good season. Our tackles did pretty good. It was on the interior side of the line where the Vikings allowed way too many pressures. So I'm not very happy with how the Vikings have handled off uh, free agency so far as I would have liked to see Joe Thune come in. Vikings easily could have got Joe Thune. Now I understand he's making a lot of money with the Kansas City Chiefs and he'd probably rather stay with the Kansas City Chiefs because uh, obviously they're a better team and he wants to chase the ring. But when you look at it, Vikings could have gave him more money. They could have maybe even brought in Gabe Jackson. Vikings could have done something for Kirk Cousins to protect him on the interior side of the line instead of investing all of their money to add players to the defense. And then let's take a look at if the Vikings are looking for offensive guard right now. These are my top five offensive guards that are available right now. You have Lane Taylor, who's very injury prone. Now, Lane Taylor is a great um, a great offensive guard, but he's very injury prone, 32 years old. Should the Vikings bring him in? I mean, he did play with the Packers. He, I don't know if that's really going to help out the Vikings a lot. But if he can stay healthy, that would be a great signing for the Vikings. Once again, Vikings don't have very much cap space anyways. Vikings are only $1 million over the cap. Daniel Hunter is demanding a pay cut. I mean, not a pay cut, a uh, pay raise, I guess. The Vikings basically have no cap space. Nothing to invest into the guard position. Vikings can look for a nobody guard. And then you have Tri Turner, Zach Fulton, Nick Easton, John Miller. Like, there's other players you can sign. It's just not as good of a free agent guard class as it should have been. As it was one week ago where the Vikings could have signed Joe Thune. Could have signed G Gabe Jackson. Vikings could have got a very good offensive guard. Maybe even signing... There is Eric Fisher still available. Now, Vikings don't have the money to sign Eric Fisher, but if they did sign Eric Fisher, then you could play Ezra Cleveland as a left guard. That would help out the Vikings so much. That would be such a relief to actually have. So if the Vikings can't sign an offensive guard... Now, they're looking for, for Forrest Lamp right now. I don't even know why you would want to do that. We're going to end up probably bringing back Dakota Dozier at this point. Vikings have no money for offensive guards. So let's take a look at if the Vikings were to draft an offensive guard in the first round. If the Vikings can draft Rashawn Slater at the 14th overall pick, offensive tackle out of Northwestern, I'd be totally fine with that. Rashawn Slater is going to play as a guard. Now, yes, he's the second best offensive tackle or the second best offensive lineman in this draft class. And his position is offensive tackle because he was the best offensive lineman in his college. I think he's going to play as a left guard. Now here, you could trade down. Trading down is a big option. I mean, at the 14th overall pick, there is a lot of players that are expected to fall down where players are, I mean, teams can trade up and, and draft those players. Vikings could trade down where they can draft Christian Derrissaw. They can draft Elijah Vera Tucker or Tevin Jenkins, all of which um, would start on our offensive line. So how can the Vikings fix their offensive line? You have to draft an offensive line in the first round now. You can still go for defense in the first round, but you can't just dismiss the fact that offensive line is the biggest need right now. And there's no this is not going to fix itself. Now the Vikings have to draft another offensive lineman in the first round. You can draft an offensive tackle or a left tackle in the first round. Now, you either draft Rashawn Slater at 14 or you trade down. Because Rashawn Slater coming in at 14 could uh, will be our starting left guard, and then Vikings can bring in some player on a one-year deal at right guard and then probably get someone else after that. This is how the Vikings should and will rebuild this offensive line. You can draft an offensive tackle in the first round as well, a new left tackle, and then start Ezra Cleveland at left guard. That's not the safest route, but that is another possibility. So this is how I think the Vikings need to fix their offensive line.
because it is the biggest need and it's been going into free agency and it is even more now. So let me know what y'all think. How do you think this is all going to go down? How do you think the Vikings will have to fix this offensive line because it's not going to fix itself? That's going to wrap up episode 90 of Morning Kickoff. I hope you all did enjoy listening to this episode. If you did, be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast for more Minnesota Vikings football-related content. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Morning Kickoff. Have a great day.